There is a story. I'll give it to you. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. That's all we're going to talk about real quick here. It was the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Let me repeat that. I'm reading from Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah is the prophet in scripture who prophesied the birth of Jesus. He is known as the evangelist, the evangelistic prophet of the old covenant. Jesus read from the book of Isaiah when he went into the temple. That's how important this prophet is. It was the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Let me propose to you this afternoon the following. Whoever sits on your throne sets your vision. Two questions you must ask this afternoon. Who's your king? Who's on your throne? In a very respectful, non-contaminating way, look at your neighbor and ask them, who's your king? Tell your other neighbor, the one that doesn't really want you to look at him, look at that neighbor and ask him, who's on your throne? Three quick points here. But they are prophetic. They, this will activate something today. You're going to receive this. The occupant of the throne defines the optics of your destiny. The occupant of the throne defines the optics of your destiny. Let's break down this verse. Here it is. Every single portion of it. First portion. It was the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. It was the year the king died that I saw the Lord. When the king died, I saw the Lord. There's a connection both in the written narrative. So exegetically speaking, there's a connection both embedded, implicit and explicitly stated in the narrative itself. There's a cause and effect, a causation element. When the king died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Isaiah did not prophesy until this moment. Isaiah did not see the Lord until this moment. Isaiah did not begin to bring about the prophetic word that shifted a nation until this moment. He began to prophesy when the king died. The king died, he begins to prophesy. The king died, he saw the Lord, began to prophesy. Before the king died, nothing. After the king died, everything. When the king died, he saw the Lord and he began to prophesy. Why? The king Uzziah was a very interesting figure in Israel's history. King Uzziah was one of the most productive kings. He did great things. He reigned for 52 years. He began at the age of 16. He, I mean, he did everything. He, he, he the, from the roads to the infrastructure to the governance of the nation, great. The economy was booming. He did great things. But at the end, he ruined it. His very last chapter, he became so arrogant. The Bible says that he became prideful. And he began to claim credit for all the successes. Prides. Pride will always kill destiny. Pride kills purpose. You could hashtag that. Pride kills purpose. The moment you're full of yourself, you do away with God. Pride kills purpose. Second Chronicles 26.16 says that he became so powerful, he became proudful, which led to his downfall. Matter of fact, he was full of judgment. He was full of pride. 
He was infected with leprosy, and he died a very terrible, gruesome, painful death. All because he had eight baseball spring training. He had eight innings of a perfect game, and in the ninth inning, he gave up ten runs. The first eight innings become meaningless. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. We're looking for a day where you don't live one inning right and the second inning wrong. One inning right, one inning wrong. In the name of Jesus, I want you to fall in love with Jesus so much and be driven by his spirit and by his grace and by what he already did in you, with you, and for you that you you walk it out. You walk what he already did for you to such a degree that you're not good half the time, but every single day you are blessed, you are holy, you are favored, you are anointed, you are destined, you're full of purpose. It was pride that killed him. Pride. What is pride? Pride is any single moment you think that your gift will take you further than his grace. I'll repeat that for the hearing impaired. Pride, the moment you think that your gifts will take you further than his grace. When you believe that your ability is greater than his anointing. How about this? Second side of pride. pride people, the, the dynamic of pride that very few people discuss when you believe your past is greater than his future, that your mistakes trump his miracles, that what you did wrong is greater than what he did right. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Luke 14, 11, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. Here it is. He says this, now you get it. When the king died, when the prideful king, when the king who ruined it, when the king who was full of himself, when, the, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. It does not say, I saw the Lord and King Uzziah died. It says, when the king died, I saw the Lord. When the king who violated God's decree and at the end ruined it, I saw the Lord. There are things that you cannot see until you first address who has authority over your life. You may be a great person, but if you're governed by a person, an idea, an ideology, a worldview, if you're governed, if something has authority over you that is not in alignment with God's word or will or way, you will not see everything that God has for you. You're going to get this by tomorrow morning. The year the king died, that king, Uzziah, I saw the Lord. The moment Uzziah dies in your life, who, who's on your throne? Who's Again, you may be a good person governed by bad things. You may be a great person with authority over you. He, Isaiah, was under the authority of King Uzziah. Moral, legal, and because he was the king of God's children, even spiritual. So the prophetic could not usurp the authority that's over him because even the prophetic was subject to authority. You're going to get this by tomorrow morning. So even if he wanted to see it, he couldn't see it because there was a lid on his gifting and his purpose. But the moment the king died, that boy saw the Lord. What am I here to tell you? I'm here to tell you, put a smile on your face because I am believing by faith in the name of Jesus that this is the year that Uzziah will die in your family, in your home, 
in your marriage, in your calling, in your health, in your finances, in your destiny. I want you to get ready to bury Uzziah. Why? This is the year you will see the Lord reigning over your family, your home, your marriage, your health, your ministry, your destiny, your purpose, your passion, and your promise. This is that year. What rules over you determines what you can see before you. Your king determines your vision. I'm going to say that one more time. Your king determines your vision. What dies today will determine what you will see tomorrow. It's time for Uzziah to die. So if you're here or you're watching right now and you're saying, I can't see my future clearly. I can't see my calling clearly. I can't see beyond the medical report. I can't see beyond my ATM account. Maybe it's because there's something of authority in your life that needs to die. That something may be a construct, a wound, a sin, a thought, an attitude, a language, a relationship, a sentiment, unbelief or unforgiveness. Whatever has authority, one of the greatest Uzziahs is the old version of you. The old version of you seated on the throne governing over the new version of you. The old you thinks that he can govern over the new you. And you're tolerating it. And when you tolerate it, you permit it because you are what you tolerate. So the question is, who is on your throne? Who's your king? I need you to believe. I, I mean, some of y'all need to just get up today with, with a little bit of holy swag and tell Uzziah, get off the throne. You need to look at whatever has, it could be your background, it could be your past, it could be what they did to you or what you did to others. There's something that's seated on the throne that needs to be removed. And by the way, today you're not just going to dethrone it. Because if all you do is dethrone it, one day it can come back and claim the throne. No, baby. We're not talking about dethroning what's on you. We're talking about killing that thing that's over you right now. We're not in this house to play church. We're not here to dethrone Uzziah. We're here to make sure Uzziah dies. When Uzziah dies, he can never go back and claim the throne. What am I telling you? That whatever ruled over you before is about to be underneath you in the name of Jesus. You are about to rule over the thing that ruled over you. I'm going to say that. You are about to rule over the thing that ruled over you. The, the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord the year that it died. The old, Galatians 5.24 says that when you belong to him, you have nailed that old king of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified him there. The year that it died, the year that it died, the year the king died, the year the king died. So who's the king of your heart? Who's the king of your emotions and your soul? Who's the king of your mind, your thoughts, your thinking process? Who's the king of your hand, the practical, your actions, your behavior? The heart, the head, and the hand. Who's your king? Not who you claim to be your king, because you rhetorically can say, Jesus is my king. But you act like the devil rules all over you. And you act like your flesh rules over you. If other things are dictating your destiny and controlling your behavior, then your, your Sunday rhetoric does not match up with your Monday through Sun-Saturday life. So you need to line it up. Who is your king? The occupant of your throne determines the optics of your destiny. And I want you to put the verse up there, please. Isaiah chapter 6. I want to break this down for you. Here's the fun part. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Can you put it up? Here it is. Here it is. It was in the year that King Uzziah died, and I am believing right now 
prophetically speaking, that you're going to claim those words. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit beyond. I'm going to declare that King Uzziah will not just die in your life, but in the life of your children and your children's children and your children's children. Matter of fact, I'm going to take one step further. I'm going to declare that your children will never be under King Uzziah. I'm going to say that one more time. Your children and your children's children will never be under authority that is out of alignment with the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God. In other words, the only king that your children and your children's children will ever know is King Jesus. Somebody prays like it's King Jesus. Somebody worship like you believe that. It's King Jesus. So watch this. It was in the year that King Uzziah died that I what? So when the king dies, when the authority that's out of the will of God dies, you see whom? You see God. You see the Lord. Now, point number two. I saw him and he was sitting in a fetal position. No? I saw the Lord and I saw him as a permanent fixture on a cross hanging perpetuity and forever no I saw the king I saw the Lord and the Lord was walking around begging for help and begging for change no no go back go back to the verse and don't touch the verse don't touch the verse go back to the verse like now he was sitting look, look at the Bible not just a throne He was sitting on the most bougie, high-end, upscale, number one. No queen, Queen Elizabeth, no King Louis XIV, no king has ever had the throne that Isaiah saw. He was sitting on a lofty throne. I'm here to tell you, when there's a new king in town, everything changes. I'm here to tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world full of fear. And it's a pandemic. I get it. The world is panicking. The world is literally freaking out. That's a theological term for freaking out. There's anxiety right now. I mean, school districts are shutting down. Government units are shutting down. They're cutting down. But I get it. And as a church, we're both faith and science, practical and prophetic. So we do the right thing. If you're coughing, you take care. You make sure you cover yourself. If you believe you're ill, you quarantine yourself. Of course, there are just, the greatest gift God has given man is called common sense. Common sense greatest coming the spirit of God the grace of God the blood of Jesus other than that horizontally speaking would be common sense so you use this stuff absolutely and you do what I have to do in this church we're sanitizing between services we have so much Lysol that, that, that the Lysol is I mean it's just unbelievable I mean I mean Johnson and Johnson loves us and all the products and you know Procter and Gamble everybody loves us that's great and be, when we do the seats we do the bathrooms the doorknobs between services we're taking care of all of our campuses to make sure every and we're keeping track of all of our members, making sure no family is affected. Praise God, it's pristine. No one's been touched. So it's beautiful, right? But I want you to hear me. I'm here to tell you, put this, that the, the God that I serve is not worried about coronavirus. Let me say that one more time. The God that I serve is not anxious about coronavirus because yes, this has power and it has authority, but, but there's, 
Where is it? What, what's this? This represents the anointing. There is something more powerful than this, 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 this. And it's beyond this. I, can't, I couldn't bring the physical representation of it because it's prophetic. There's something more powerful than all the Clorox, which is great. All the wipes. If I spray this right here, let me tell you what's more powerful than all of this. Because this kills 99.9% .9 of the germs. It kills so many things of things that I can pronounce and I can't. These things kill that. But there's something more powerful than this. Have you ever heard of the blood of Jesus? I'm here to tell you, your family is under the blood of Jesus. Your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. What do I mean? Yeah, we're going to be cautious. We're going to be careful. We're going to walk and we're going to live like we're under the blood of Jesus. Like we're under the anointing of God. Like we're empowered by the Spirit of God. Why? Because the God that we serve is still on the throne. If you serve a God who's on the throne... If you serve a God who's on the throne, raise your hand and repeat after me, God is on the throne. I want you to get this right now. Lift up both hands and say, God is on the throne. Say it like you believe it, said he reigns. No, you, 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 you're, you're releasing now. You're aligning your mouth with God's word. Say he reigns over my family. He reigns over my faith. He reigns over my future. He is the authority over my health. Say it like you believe it. He is the final word over my finances. He is the king of my past. He is the king of my present. And he is the king of my future. And there is no greater authority. I said there is no greater authority. I don't care what you read, what you hear on CNN and Fox, MSNBC, Univision and Telemundo. Jesus is on the throne. He's on the throne. Be anxious for nothing. But everything through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said. The church needs to act differently. We are not the United Nations. We are not the government. We are not a cruise line. We're not an airline company. We're the church. No, you're missing it. We're the church. And I'm not cuckoo. I'm a faith and science guy. We are practical. We're going to take care of ourselves and be cautious and do all the right things. But man, we're going to walk around with a hoe. I'm I'm, this is, this is going to mess some of you all up. And it may, it may be weird for some. I'm going to tell you what God told me. It's going to sound weird to some. I felt the Holy Spirit this morning at the 9 o'clock service tell me, Oh, Samuel. Look how quick this virus pandemic has spread around the world. And look at the way, the way the entire world is talking about the same thing. And then the Holy Spirit hit me right here at 9 o'clock in the morning and told me, what if my church would believe that the next thing to hit the world will not be a virus, but my glory? I need you to get ready. The glory of God's about to hit the nations. The glory of God's about to hit the cities. The glory of God is about to spread. Not like a virus, but like wildfire from the... 
Lift up your hands. What if, raise your hands high, I'm done. That's the sermon. Well, watch this, watch this. What if the next thing, the entire world is talking about a virus. What if, the, what if the next conversation is a wave of glory hit China that the communist government in the midst of their session fell on their knees and declared that Christ is Lord. What if Italy... Do you think it's a coincidence that of all of the European nations, and I haven't heard this from anyone, so I'm not working on someone else's coattail. This is what God gave me. You think it's a, co a coincidence that Italy, Italy, the hub of the initial component of the initial, yeah, boy, Italy is the hub. When the church first began to thrive, they set up their headquarters in a city called Rome, what we now call the nation of Italy. There's still vestiges of the old religious garb that emerges out of there. Do you think it's a coincidence that of all of the European nations, that's the nation? What am I saying right now? What I'm saying is I want you to hear me. I, what if the next thing that Italy is known for is an awakening of Jesus? Where the entire nation of Italy, Naples, Florence, Venice, Rome, the entire nation, instead of being quarantined, people go to Italy and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They go to Italy and they experience the, I'm prophesying now. Now I'm speaking prophetically, man. I want you to get ready. California, we're one of the big states. California, get ready. God's about to show up in our state. There's revival coming, man. There's an awakening coming. Stand with me. You are standing, those that are not. There's a new king in town. The new king changes everything. Look up here. The year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord and he was sitting he was sitting on a throne, a lofty throne. He reigns. Your God reigns. He reigns over everything. He's the final word. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the author and the consumer. Psalms 74 verse 12 says, my God is king. Oh, he's your king. One more time, he reigns over every aspect of your life. But you need, he's not just your father, he's your Lord, he's your savior, he's your king. I'm just going to do it for me. Y'all don't have to do it. I'm going to raise my hand, I'm going to do it. If I have to do it all by myself, I will. And I know you are. Repeat after me. Lord, you reign. Not over some things. But over everything in my life. Today, I proclaim. I confess, I confess, I confirm, I confirm with, my words, with my words, with my actions, with my, actions, with my, thinking, with my thinking, that you are king, that you, are king, that you, reign, that you reign over the A to Z of all of me. Of all of me. You, are you are on the throne. Stop right there. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Hebrews 1.3. The sun radiates the glory of God, his own glory. 
and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Ephesians 2.6 says, then he took us and he sat us with him in heavenly places. My God. Oh. Done. You have that verse up here. Go back, go back, go back. What does that say? What's this word here? Stop it. Does it, take, does it say the train of his robe caressed the temple? No. Touched the temple? No. Moved temporarily the temple? No. It says it what? If you are into the whole, I want God to touch me, you may be in the wrong place today. If you're into the whole, I want God to caress me, you may be in the wrong place. If you want God to move you, ooh, you may be in the wrong place. I'm going to tell you why. We're, God is hungry for a people who are beyond the touch. Beyond the move me or caress me. God is looking for people that hunger to be filled with his glory and his presence. How many here are ready to be filled by God? So the third point is get ready to see everything and everyone you, everyone around you filled with the glory of God. Here it is. And the train of his robe filled the temple. It did not touch caress. So as you stand with me, I'm going to tell you what the spirit of God gave me. I'm going to biblically make it legal for you to hear it. I need you to get ready. Your cup's about to be filled. And it will run over. You need, Psalm 23 verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over, overflows. You need to warn people around you. You're not warning them. I don't know why you're not warning them. You should be texting them. Not to be afraid of any virus, but be afraid of what's coming your way. Because if they are around you, they need to have a sense of expectation. Your cup is about to run over. What does that mean? Let me declare what we declared last week. You're going to text someone and tell them, help, with an exclamation point. They're going to text back and say, what happened? What happened? Please, I'm here to help you. You're going to tell them, no, what happened is this. I'm not having issues with problems. God blessed me so much. I need help. I, need, I just need people around me to help me carry everything that God is sending my way. Anybody here ready for an overflow? One more time. I'm going to try to calm down. I'm preaching like a madman. Got a different kind of virus, but look up here. Look up here. Your cup's about to run over. Not making that up, man. Your cup's about to run over. And the people closest to you are going to be impacted by what comes out of you. Do, are you getting this? Oh, man, it's going to run. I'm telling you, warn them. Warn them. Number two. Not just your, I hope you're taking notes in your spirit. Not just your cup. Your jars will be filled with oil. Remember the widow in the, in the book of Kings? Second Kings, when Elisha went to the widow, and she lost her husband, and she had all the debt, and, she had, and, the, and the prophet said, you bring me as many jars as possible. As long as you bring me jars, the oil won't stop flowing. And the oils I got filled up, your jars are about to be filled with oil. 
You bring God the jars, I promise you the oil won't stop flowing. Your jars will be filled. Your cup is going to be filled with living water. Your jars will be filled with fresh anointing, fresh authority, fresh oil. If you believe that, raise your hand. Look up here for a second. Number three, I'm telling you the things that are about to be filled in this, in this season of your life. Your baskets will be filled with a harvest of the very things that you were sowing for the past few years. Some of y'all have been sowing hard. Sowing, 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 sowing. Some of y'all lost some crops in fires and in floods. I'm speaking spiritually and prophetically. I need you to put a smile on your face. God's going to reward you for continuing to sow. Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary of doing what is right. At the appropriate time, you will reap a harvest of blessings if you do not give up. I need you to get ready. Your baskets will be filled to the very top with the harvest that is coming your way. If this is you, raise your hand. If any of this is you, raise one hand. Your cup is about to be filled with living water. Your jars are about to be filled with oil. Your baskets are about to be filled with a harvest. And your house will be filled with the glory of God. And the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. Deuteronomy 28.5, Haggai chapter 2, verse 7. You will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the earth will be filled with the knowledge that Christ is Lord. Raise both hands. Go back, please. And the train of his robe filled the temple. When Uzziah dies, when you let, when the authority that governed over you dies, that it was not in alignment with the will and the word of God, you will see the Lord. What are you seeing, man? If all you're seeing is failure and sin and brokenness, you will see the Lord. And by the way, it's not that you'll never go through anything. It's that even when you go through things, you will see the Lord in the midst of what you go through. And he fills. So get ready to overflow. Get ready to be filled. If this word at all is for you, I'm going to pray over you. One minute here. If there's an Uzziah, close your eyes for a second, please, respectfully, I'll ask you. If there's something that has to die today, let's just do it. Is there an Uzziah in your life? Is there an authority that governs over you? Again, it could be something you went through, something that was done to you, something you did to others. Is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it condemnation? Is it your religious upbringing that was not full of the grace filled up by carriers of Tony work of Jesus? That, what is it? What is it? What is it that governs over you? Is it your, is it your attitude, your unbelief, your anxiety? What is it? What is it? A hidden sin, an unaddressed issue. What is it? Whatever it may be, if there's an Uzziah, I have great news for you. Today is the day Uzziah dies. So if you're ready for that thing to die, right there where you're at, with your eyes closed, if there's an Uzziah in your life, raise one hand. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Holy Spirit, I come before you. Proclaiming, confessing, Decreeing, declaring, and establishing your word. Believing right now that Uzziah dies this very moment. Matter of fact, you already took care of every King Uzziah on the cross 2,000 years ago. So Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, by the authority of your word, right now, we declare by faith that every Uzziah is dead. 
that whatever governed over us, whatever had authority over us, that was out of alignment with your word, your will, and your way, is now buried. Not for a day, but forevermore. From this moment on, the only one, the only king who will reign over us is King Jesus. No other king but the Lamb. In the name of Jesus, we receive it. And by the way, Lord, you are high and lifted up. Therefore, we believe that this is the season that we will be filled and our cup will run over in Jesus' name. If you believe what you just confessed, say in Jesus' name. And now give him the best clap offering you've given him all day. If God spoke to you, go like this. If he really spoke to you, go like this. If you're going to walk by faith and not fear, go like this, like this, like this. If you're going to be practical and prophetic, go like this, like this, like this, like this. Absolutely. We, we live in unprecedented times. So go to our website. We're going to have, we're, I mean, we're, listen, I'll, I'll give you just a word up here. Unless there's martial law declared, we are not canceling anything. Oh, let, there's a caveat. There's a caveat. Even if there's martial law declared, I'm still going to be here. So, because there's absolutely no way. We're driven by faith and not by fear. Amen. So, we're growing, we're thriving. Look around you. God is moving. There's more people. By the way, tonight, I'm, I'm on my way to Los Angeles for a campus. We have so many people that have signed up RSVP for our event tonight in L.A. that there will be people outside waiting in line because we don't have enough seats to handle the people that have signed up for our events. In the midst of everything, people are hungry for Jesus. Again, I want you to live a healthy, balanced life. Be practical and prophetic. So don't put Lysol on yourself and then anointing oil. It's not what I, this is not like a literal application of stuff. But you get it, right? You understand it. I want you to find your tithing and your offering right now, please. Once you have it, lift it up. If you believe that Jesus is the king over your life, lift it up like he's your king. Lift it up. Everyone who's giving right now, you're declaring that Christ is king over your finances, your faith, your family, your health, your future. Lift it up. Pastor Sam, what if they cancel my job? You're telling me my God is not a provider, a faithful provider? Sure he is. He is. He's faithful. Philippians 4.19. He's faithful. He will provide all of your needs according to his, not yours, man. Get over yourself. His riches which are in glory. He got you. He got you. So lift it up a little bit higher. Lift it up, give it up. Lift it up like you know that you know that he's on the throne. Like Uzziah died. Like you're about to see everything in your life filled. Everything. Will, I feel glory as I tell you this. The glory of God's about to hit the nations, man. It's going to hit the nations. This coronavirus is a prelude to what the Spirit of God's about to do in the nations. The entire world is talking about a virus. Imagine the entire world talking about a revival and an awakening of the power of God. So it's called flipping the script. Flip the script on this, man. 